No more fucking around. It's Wild Style Radio. Wild Style Radio. What's up and welcome back to the Stand Up and Shout Rock Show. Coming to you live from Salisbury Center Studios in Manassas, Virginia. As part of the Wild Style Network, fueled by Monster Energy. Coming back on our Sunday Ruined Sunday episode. Ruined show, yeah. Sunday Ruined night. So, uh, hope your Sunday is being ruined as good as ours. Yes. And uh, joining us in the studio is Born of Plagues. Yeah. Welcome, guys. How's Coming off of the stage, which is unique. Yeah. We usually talk to people before they go on the stage, but it's. I think it's fun to have people coming off the stage. How are you all feeling? Sweaty. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah good a, little, a little sweaty. Sweaty. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm kind of sore. It's a good, good, good crowd up there. Uh-huh. So this is kind of, is this like post-workout sweaty sore, like a, in a good way? Or in a good it, way. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, because normally we don't get to sit down afterwards either, so this is nice. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like a bar stool or anything anywhere? Yeah. Uh, this, uh, these, are, these are some nice couches you all yeah. have. <laughs> <laughs> it's cush. Uh-huh. So let's start with uh, introducing the members of the band. All right, I'm closest, so I'll go first. Yeah. I'm yeah. Tim. I play bass. Matt, lead bass. Play drums. I'm Austin, uh, vocals and guitar. Mike, guitar. Excellent. Yeah, thanks for coming on in. And so, tell us like a little bit about yourselves, how you guys came together, and how you formed as a group. Oh, I feel like someone else should take that. <laughs> these, guys, these guys have all been playing together in various bands for ages. Oh, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Baltimore bands between punk and hardcore and metal have had a lot of overlap over the years so very incestuous if you will <laughs> mm-hmm. me, me and tim were in a, a punk band back in the early 2000s called fighting chance and then we also did a hardcore band called spit on your grave mm-hmm. me and mike did bet the devil bet the devil yeah. which was a thrash metal band mm-hmm. that kind of petered out and we decided that we still wanted to play together, and we started a band called Destroyer a Man. That went on for about a year or so, and it was like two or three years. It was was it two yeah, or three yeah. years? Yeah, we we moved slow. And Tim, <laughs> I called Tim on that one and said, "Hey, we're doing a doom metal band. Do you want to play?" And he said yes. So we had a bass player. After a couple years, that petered out and we all decided that we wanted to keep doing what we were doing sure and we put out uh i can't remember if it was a facebook like music yeah some kind of musicians thing and, and that's where we found austin yeah. it was said, it was oh, in okay. the maryland doom facebook group. there we go yeah, yeah. um and Pure Maryland dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. He jumped on board and shit worked out and we've been doing this and, and going strong and trying to do what we do. Yeah, we, um, we, we, when Matt and I decided we wanted to kind of slow things down after Bet the Devil, that was a very technical thrash sort of speed metal kind of a band. And uh, we're getting older, you know. Yeah. It's, it's hard to play fast for that yeah. long. And yeah. we were like, let's slow it down. We love doing music. Uh, and, uh, you know. We, Pull the mic just a little bit closer. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so. the rest of us are doing it. So, we, yeah, we just we said, let's slow it down a little bit, and uh, but keep it heavy. And. 
yeah, we love Doom, and there's just so many Doom bands out there that play three chords, and I love to listen to that stuff. I just don't like to play it. Right. It just bores me. I, I, right. I've played so many technical things over the years with a million notes in each song. Right. You know, so we said, well, we can still have really slow, heavy parts and add some other stuff in there. It just naturally did that. Uh -huh. You know, our music did because we're coming from so many different backgrounds, hardcore, sure. metal, as he said, punk. And, um, you know, I like that about us because it really keeps us challenged to uh -huh. write stuff that sounds good but doesn't keep doesn't make us bored you know sure and we're very picky we, it takes us forever to write songs yeah, we're super forever, picky yeah. about our music okay i think that comes with age uh -huh. and just being in different bands yeah wow wow yeah yeah that was it was the maryland doom facebook group so i i messaged this asshole back i thought they were going to want me to sing like wino um, <laughs> we said, hold, no, 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 no. Can you sound like Barney from fucking Napalm? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they, they played me the first couple songs they had written, which are actually the first two songs on the album that we put out a few years ago. And it sounded like the uh, like the European doom that I'm into, the old like Peaceville stuff, like My Dying Bride and sure. Paradise Lost and, and that kind of stuff. So I just, I jumped right in. I loved it. And at least the, the harmonies and everything. Uh -huh. The first song, "Feeding Fear," that that was an old Destroyer Man song that we yeah, played that was, live but never recorded, and mm. so you got to you and change the lyrics uh, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell them what the lyrics are about. Then. That's a, that's an interesting story. Well, that's, that's a different question. That's <laughs> well, I'm interested in kind of the Baltimore scene because yeah. you know we've been around for a little while too, and obviously Baltimore seems to just have a real legacy of great music coming out of that area yeah. i know a couple guys i i work with have talked about the hardcore scene there and you know really into punk and hardcore so uh you know coming from baltimore talk a little bit about sort of the roots and and the scene there who wants to feel that one is, <laughs> is that a me question yeah. Yeah. i feel like that's a matt so, question so matt back, back uh, in my day <laughs> since since i'm an old man but Technically, I grew up in Fairfax, which right. is which just, we were going to talk yeah. about that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan, this is like from, yes. yeah. Dan from Age of Ruin is my next door neighbor yep. growing mm -hmm. up. But I moved to Baltimore in 2001. In the 90s, I played in a hardcore band called First Offense, and we were really good friends with one of Baltimore's biggest hardcore bands which was next step up and we did lots of shows together and then first offense kind of fell out and i joined another band do i say that band allegedly allegedly <laughs> i was in yeah. darkest hour i was their original drummer yeah. for many years and then i moved to baltimore and JR from Next Step Up kind of was like, hey, it's about time you moved home because you never really were a DC kind of guy. I took that to heart, and I found Fighting Chance with Tim, and we became Spit on Your Grave. I did lots of hardcore bands, Hell to Pay, couple spots here and there i filled in for dead end boys I filled in for iron cross the legendary iron cross um and it's 
there's not a whole lot of drummers in Baltimore. So it's like, oh, Matt will do it, Matt will do it, Matt will do it. And most recently, the original, like, godfathers of Baltimore hardcore gut instinct asked me to play for them. And I'm now doing that, too. So I'm I'm doing all kinds of stuff. But honestly, Born of Plagues is my, like, first love because that's stuff that I'm writing, that's stuff that I'm doing we practice once a week. We we're writing continuously and trying to put stuff out there. The other bands, I love them to death, but we're not really like, it's like, all right, let's play this set or play this set. But with these guys, I'm steadily writing new stuff and challenging myself I mean, even just growing up, going to shows, you know, I first started going to shows in like 2000 or so. Um, and, you know, like VFW hardcore shows and then going up to Baltimore for punk shows and then, you know, the sidebar and, and auto bar at the time, then Talking Head. And, you know, they all did, um, you know, punk shows and then kind of more more hardcore. And, you know, it's just kind of been, there. there's just always shows there's always a, a scene there's always um you know some solid venues that are bringing in um just good shows so you know even 20 years later it's still a lot of good stuff going on all the time sure sure I, i'm a i'm i'll say i'm the oldest one here because oh. i am <laughs> yeah. uh, you got me by like six months okay but, <laughs> but i've been in maryland longer than you well, so that is true that is and uh i actually started in the late 80s um uh, with a band called Silent Darkness, and uh, we were like huge Wrathchild America fans oh, yeah. before yeah. they became Souls of Zero. Yeah. And, yep. uh, and you know, we were playing everywhere when I, I didn't even have a license to drive yet. I was like 15. Right. There were so many clubs in Baltimore and surrounding counties, right. and um, it was a huge, huge scene. And as soon as the like 92, 93 hit, the grunge scene took over right. and all these clubs shut down right. and so the band kind of fizzled out but most of us were also going to college then and right. getting our careers going and um i really would think like that period from the 90s there just wasn't much of a scene at all right. at least in metal right. uh maybe in other genres such as you know grunge being probably the most popular thing in that time right. uh but really like tim said in the 2000s clubs starting opening again and starting playing and metal bands were starting to form again right. and stuff like that and um yeah i got back uh he mentioned next step up he's filling in well technically he's in the band now uh for next step up but i played in silent darkness with next up step up because two of the guys in the band aaron and mike Ayers, um they i grew up with them they're like huh. my best childhood friends okay. and uh uh, we would play shows in like the Bel Air Youth Center, you know, mm -hmm. it's a county youth center mm -hmm. in the basement of an old church mm -hmm. for like two dollars for a kid to go in and see a show. Sure. And we would pack this tiny room smaller than this place right. with like 400 kids. The walls would be sweating <laughs> with humidity and just gross. Yeah, it was great. Those, those were the best shows of my life. Nice. And I'm super happy we Besides played our this. shows, right? Well, this show here. <laughs> This brought me back because there were a lot of younger kids circle pitting here, yeah. banging their head in a row, yes. all just having a blast.
blast. Yes. And I I miss that. Yeah. I miss that so much. Uh, because all these shows, I mean, we have a lot of friends that are our age. And yeah. Nobody wants to dance anymore because they'll be laid up for two months, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, if they yeah, injure yeah, themselves yeah, or longer. Yeah. yeah. So, I was um, going to ask you guys about that, like, just on a complete tangent since you brought it up. Because we saw that moment where you had arm in arm headbanging going, like, right amazing. in front of the stage. Like, you had a couple rows of it. And, amazing. Yeah, I was going to ask you how that felt. This was one of my favorite shows in, I can't even remember, since I probably was playing in the 80s and 90s, uh, early 90s. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. I mean, it was just so much fun to see all those young kids enjoying music, yeah. having a good time out with their friends, dancing, doing what they do. And, yeah. oh, man, I just, I miss that. Just don't see that as much at the kinds of shows that we play, you know. Sure, sure. It, it was interesting because when that when you guys were playing, Age of Ruin was up here, and we were chatting with them, and so we we've got a little game. We'll probably throw a couple questions at you guys, but one of the questions was related to: uh, Would you rather see headbanging at a show? Or moshing at a show, yeah. and uh, it literally it kicked in. Yeah, and, like, and Ben like goes, "Looks like they heard us." Yeah, and Ben's like, "I would love to see like a whole row of people just headbanging in unison." Yeah. And then at, right at that time, we look up, <laughs> and they were doing and that's it. What was going on? Nice. So, so nice work, you all. Yeah. <laughs> nice work, nice we, timing. We did our job. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. We got both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was real cool. We don't uh, as I'm not uh, part of the the Baltimore and the hardcore scene. I came up in oh, New York City. You I've are been, now. <laughs> I, I've been playing in doom bands since 2004, uh-huh. and like I've never had moshing at my show. You, you'll get like because it's always been slow. It's just. Like, it's a dude in a flannel standing there with his beard nodding his head. Right. And, like, you lock eyes with him, and you're like, okay, right. I can tell that dude's digging it, but I'm not I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> so, like, when, when the kids are going nuts, I'm still just like, what the? It's crazy. I love it. I love it. So, yeah, so, you, Matt, you brought up, you know, your songwriting, you know, to kind of get back to that. So, tell me about that process. Like, what is that? When, how, how are you all, like, in terms of composing originals and... What does it's that look real like? Real slow. Yeah, <laughs> in, in the doom world. Yeah. So, so Mike comes up with most of the riffs. Um, last time we did an interview, I, I overstated and he yelled at me. I'd say seventy but, thirty. I don't. I don't but, think I no, contributed yeah, that yeah. much. Um, certainly on the first album, I don't think I contributed a single riff to that first album. That was I all I did. Mike. So Mike will come with riffs and. Um, Usually he doesn't come with a whole song. He, he doesn't usually, sometimes, but he doesn't usually come in and say, okay, like, this is the verse, this is the chorus. He'll just kind of go, all right, I've got these, like, three riffs that I think go together. What do you guys think? And then it'll be sort of all of us in a circle going, like, all right, well, that sounds like a good verse, but from there it needs to do something like, and somebody will just, like, sing a part. Like, oh, it needs to do something like, like, whatever, and then he'll figure it out. Like, that's, yeah, these two have this crazy connection where uh-huh. Matt can just be like yeah you know something like and he'll name a band uh-huh. and and like hum a little riff and Mike's like oh yeah okay and and plays it <laughs> oh, and I'm nice. like what are you talking about like I'm completely <laughs> lost it's been like 15 years straight yeah straight, straight. <clears throat> yeah that Matt and I have been playing together yeah. writing since Bet the Devil and Destroyer Man and now this band and uh, one of the really cool things about writing is that Matt will be driving in his car and he'll just think of some melody in his head and he'll hum it out on his phone so he doesn't forget. Right. Bring it to practice 
and he goes, here, Mike, listen to this. And he goes, and and like it takes me a second, but I get it. I it's like our brains are on. And and some of these new songs we just played, he actually wrote the guitar parts by humming them, and he translated into me figuring out the chords, and then Austin will add the harmonies and layers to it. Yeah. All that stuff. So yeah, it's, and, and it's, I'll say let stuff ring cool. out and you know try, try to get the flow down. Yeah, and, yeah. It's, I was, it, it's one thing coming up with riffs, but composing it's, it's a very collective effort. Yeah, yeah. our writing cool. is definitely a very collective. Effort. And it, it is often painstaking. We will we will spend weeks and weeks replaying a song and going like ah, I, I don't know about that part right. and like oh should I do something different yeah. here? Can, and, can, can we slow that down? Can, can we simplify this? Can we drop that uh, octave? Or yeah, and like Tim, Tim will joke that he's like, oh, I just, I just tell him to slow down all the time. But like, he, he makes some of our songs what they are yeah. by by having that ear and saying like, all right, like, I hear what you're doing, now do it slow, uh-huh. and and we we hit it, and he goes, yeah, that's it, and and we all go, yeah, that's it, we got it there. Yeah. Um, we were just working on a brand new one just on Thursday, that like I had some riffs and. I knew coming in, I'm like, I, I don't, they're not there. Like, right. I've got, I've got the seed of something. I, I know I want to write this song. Right. Like, but I need you guys to, to help me with it. Uh-huh. And you know, I came in with these riffs, and he was calling one like the Alice Cooper riff because it was all like '80s cock rock bullshit. Right. And, uh, and you know, just like kind of bouncing it back and forth, like someone being like, oh, try this, and someone going, okay, like that's cool, but try this. Uh-huh. And we nailed it, and then I'm like, that's the riff I wanted to write. That sounds like Crowbar. Uh-huh. So it's a yeah, very collective and sometimes very slow process, but ultimately uh, you know we we get where we kind of have a common vision and we and where we all want to be. Sure. We'll, we'll get them to like eighty percent pretty fast or like ninety percent, but then it's just <laughs> right, like right. weeks to finish that last ten percent. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Just, yeah. let's just start like, a new song. Let's just keep playing the same thing. The problem thing. is, we'll, we'll, yeah, iron it out later. Just yeah, we'll play it for months one way and then. Matt will go, I don't, I just don't like this beat. And I'm like, don't change it. Don't change it. Yeah, but sometimes that beat I sucks know. and it yeah, just I doesn't know. work and it needs to be different. It's like they can't yeah, open That's why it takes go. us so long. Right, right. We're very critical of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And I think that just comes with experience and with sure. doing this for so long. And we want to be good, you know? Sure. Yeah, we, we don't want to just go, Oh, that's good enough. Let's go record. Right, you right. Know? Yeah. Dude, yeah, we we're, had, we're kind of in no rush. We'd anyway. have eight yeah. albums if it was just, yeah, that's yeah. good enough. Yeah. We, we'd have eight albums. The but. amount of riffs we've thrown out, you could probably fill a, a garbage dump with. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt clips them and keeps them in his wallet. He's always got like, oh, remember this riff we played oh, five God. years ago? It's like, dude, that yeah. sucks. <laughs> Get rid of it. <laughs> So do you wait till you have like 12, 14 songs before you choose to go in and record or you guys do EPs? What's generally been? <laughs> so our, our average song length is like eight minutes. So not that many songs. Five or six. Five yeah, or six. Our, the, the first album is the first five songs we wrote together, really. Oh, like yeah. there's... There was one song that we got rid of and I don't know if we wrote that before or after I, th- I think we still recorded it, just never finished it or did like one know. pass where we're like, fuck that song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah, like there, the there, there's, there's, there's no plan boring. B with some of these songs. Yeah. We, we threw that one away, and we recorded the first album. We did that ourselves, all DIY. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, it's nice. the first time I've ever done that. And all the nice. bands and everything we've ever been in, it's always gone to either really sure. expensive studios or sure. really, you know, friends' studios. And 
and uh, I really enjoyed that. It okay. was challenging enough in itself to write the stuff, but then to record it ourselves and come up with something we were really happy with. Um, Austin had the most recording experience, like actually engineering. Uh -huh. you can, okay. I don't know if you want to mention yeah, any yeah, of that, sure. but yeah, he's yeah. recorded some of his past bands too, okay. and they sound great too. Yeah, so. yeah I, uh, I had a friend in high school who uh, kind of a rich kid and his parents built a whole extension onto his house with a studio in it and just like we'd all go hang out at his house and, and play around and right. for a while I had a band that re rehearsed there we'd just go there like every Saturday all day and like order pizza hang out with him and jam and whatever Sure. and then when I was uh, I guess in college and right after college I did like some internships at a couple recording studios in New York City and Hoboken, New Jersey and um, Hoboken yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Sinatra, uh -huh. and uh, so, so you know, like I, I learned a little bit of what to do, and at that time, uh, I was playing in a, a couple bands in New York, um, Agnosis, and another one that doesn't bear mentioning, um, and it was just kind of like nobody had any money, but I had a laptop, so like let's right. figure out how to do this. Right. And then uh, after New York, I moved to Kentucky for about nine years, and I was living with another dude named Austin Lund. Um, and uh, he's <laughs> still so weird. All right, who's male is who's two Austin in the world. Love that man. The other Austin gets um, all the parking tickets. And he uh, <laughs> he was playing in a band at the time, and and kind of he said to me one day, he's like, man, like if I could do whatever I wanted, I would just do like a one man basement black metal band. Um, and then we ended up living together, and it was like, well, man, like we're here, we got a basement, right? Like let's do it. Yeah. So I recorded his first two albums, and. I mean, he's gone on. The, the band is Panopticon. They're like premier American black metal. Like he, he makes his living off it now. And I'm like, we started in the basement. Like the first time he did his vocals, like we both just bust out laughing. Like we're like that's the most ridiculous thing you've ever done. And now like he does it for a living. Um, so I, I, you know, I have the gears kind of collected over the years. And it was during um, kind of COVID shutdown. You know, yeah. everybody was it's like, well, like couple of us can go into the practice space at a time and wear masks and just like I'll put right. the mics up and go stand over here while you play and we just bit by bit did the album like that right. um, I did yeah, all the vocals a... in my own basement at home my kids are like why are you down there screaming <laughs> daddy's working well, the, the tank. And it, was, it was a bit more because we were able to practice so you know we were all practicing wearing masks for a while getting everything yeah. ironed out and then it was just like well you know half of us are working from home so it's like we spend the weekend getting the drums down and then you know, just come in whenever, you know, nobody's in the, the practice space at like 10 a.m. on a Wednesday. So it was nice to be able to get in there and Yeah, it was super quiet. Do one track. Like, hey, if we get in here, at, like everybody that played on Friday night is still drunk at 10 right. o'clock in the morning on yeah, Saturday. Yeah. So if we get in here at like 9 o'clock on, on Saturday morning, nobody's going to be here. And that's how it worked out. Nobody was there, so we had a super quiet, no no other bands like coming in through the walls or anything like that. So we were able to record, and it turned out, as far as I'm concerned, it turned out amazing. I'm, I'm pleased with it. I'm, I'm very happy with the way that... Yeah, we wanted it to have a little bit of a rough edge, you know, a little underground... And it, but it sounded a lot more polished than I even expected it might, huh. just because our practice space was dirty and <laughs> gross and oh, dude, things were wires everywhere, drop yeah. ceiling. Yeah. Just in. yeah. There was 
another drum. But hey, it's metal, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. metal and it's raw and it's ugly and yeah, you know. So and it turned out exactly the way we needed it to. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. For what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously the tech. Uh, innovations in the technology is much better now, so you can you can do a lot more with less. So, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, all of us starting out recording. I mean, Matt and I were recording with Fighting Chance with the the tape, so it's just like you know you oh, got to yeah. do your punch ins and rewind everything. It's just like all right, I gotta, you know, I, I you know I'm not the cleanest bass player, but it's just like <laughs> I hate recording. Got to rewind and. Yeah, Redo I gotta it. make sure I'm actually paying attention to what I'm doing. <laughs> so, so you know, di- digital helps. Yeah, and it's funny though. Like I was, I was working in studios 20 years ago when we recorded the album. Like my Pro Tools on my computer was probably already eight, nine, <laughs> ten years old. And like I don't even have Pro Tools anymore. And like I'm, I feel like a dinosaur. I'm like all these kids are out there right. doing stuff in their on their laptops, and like I don't even know where to start. So. We've been kind of kicking back. We're like, how are we going to do the next one? Like, do we want to try and DIY it again? Or like, what are we going to use? And I'm like, I'm shaking in my boots. I'm like, I don't know if I could do it anymore. <laughs> All these kids are way beyond me. I teach middle school. I could probably find one of my students and be like, hey, you know, you know how to do some recording? And the kid will be like, yeah, I'll show you. They're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll come out. We'll run your social media. And we'll, yeah. right? we'll take care of it all. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. no doubt. All right, so we're going to shift gears a little bit. Yeah. We're going to ask you some just some basic would-you-rather questions. All right. And, and, All right. and comparatively, <laughs> it's going to be interesting because we've had anesthesiac in here already. So, you know, in terms of age, I have a, you know, we've noticed <laughs> some, some differences already. You know, You're fucking calling me old? <laughs> no, I, I was saying that, but I was saying, I was going to say it was going to go to age of ruin. So there was an age gap between anesthesiac and age of ruin. And the answers, I think, were distinctly different. What I think was different about you guys, though, is not age. It's the doom metal approach, because you guys brought that up already with the head banging versus the pit. And Kevin mentioned that already as one of our questions. So it's going to be a good comparison between all the bands that are here tonight and seeing how they're going to like make this approach with, with those questions. If John is out there... I, I saw him scamper uh, off. I know, I know. Like, I, I just kind of look up, and I think I see him on the other side of the wall. And I, you know, and I think, did he say, text me if you want me to come back around? I think maybe. All right. He's, he's pulling double duty. Uh, I see that. All right. Did you say duty? Right. Uh, he did say duty. John! There, he just saw us. I, I was going to text him. John, we're cutting a would you rather. We're cutting. We're cutting to Would You Rather, John. Would you rather work this <laughs> yeah. podcast yeah. or yeah. go to the bar? Poor John. <laughs> Would I rather talk to the boss or uh, do yeah, pocket? That's, that's the correct one. And, uh, well, and you were working out like whatever was happening with sound. <laughs> yeah. In the, in the meantime. What like we talked about? What's an A one, A two? I'm, I'm wearing a lot of hats tonight. Yes. Uh, yes, you are. <laughs> Thank you, John. And and you got water. I'm not gonna go right. back. Yeah, I'm not gonna go away from that one. He's got us hydrated. Yeah. All so right. This comes from the perspective, really, of you attending a show, not playing a show. So obviously, we all do that. I mean, that's pretty much a given. So uh, with that being said, in terms of when you go to a show and it's sold out, you know, would you rather be there in an seated show or as a standing general admission show, a sold out show? I'm going to give you the, the oldest old man answer here. Love it. I can't sit for long because it makes my hip hurt. Wow. I, I thought you were going to go the opposite way on that. I was going to go a different direction. Uh, but, but I'm a shorter man, 
So are you at really? A, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at a at a general admission show, I can't see very much, but all the same, I think the the feeling of of being at a general admission show and being able to kind of like push up through people and yeah. get up towards the front. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that takes it absolutely. Yeah, I, I I'd say sold out general admission as well because um, you know I, I do generally make my way up to to the front and then that also goes in with you know what I prefer in a live show because I would rather see you know not that I'm up there doing it but right. I'd, I'd rather see a mosh pit than, than headbanging because again yeah. you know growing up going yeah. to punk shows hey man that's the next shows. question yeah. <laughs> slow down but it's okay. it's, it was already asked we can check like half a question yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so sold out general admission yeah definitely sold out general admission as wow. much as I hate people in general because <laughs> I really don't like people yeah but I seated just feels weird to me yeah you know coming coming from the punk and hardcore sure, background sure. and the metal scene you, you don't sit at a show right right so definitely I also don't always buy tickets right, too right. So <laughs> well yeah, yeah. You know, Hey, slip in the back door, whatever you got to do. Yeah. But, uh, like, but yeah, definitely, definitely sold out. Yeah. Standing. Are we unanimous? Yeah, we're unanimous. I'll say ditto, but uh -huh. I, I had to make one exception. I saw Van Halen probably, I can't remember how many years ago it was, five or six years, but yeah. David, it was when David yeah. Lee Roth did the tour and sure. Eddie was still here and, and, Sitting in something like that, I know if that was a general mission standing, I'd never be able to get up close enough to really even see anything, right. and I would have still paid five hundred dollars a ticket or whatever it was ridiculous yeah. amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So something that big yeah. is kind of good because especially if you get the the layered seating and you can nobody's yep. in your way and yep. and but most of the people were standing during that anyway. Sure. Right. So you but it, you were at least you had your spot and you, if you paid for a really good seat, you could see really good. You Size know? matters. Right. Size right. matters. I, I'm with you. Well, but, we, we, we can be a little late. We were talking about that. You know, yeah. we were talking about it with Age of Ruin. So, like, that's the nice thing about seated. Well, yeah, that's you, true. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're late to a standing show. You're yeah, yeah, yeah I, I saw Bad Religion at the soundstage a couple months back. Oh, okay. and it was, yeah, it was yeah. way too small of a venue for that. But it's just yeah. like, how am I, how am I going to finagle? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. I think the last seated show I saw was Anthrax. Slayer and Megadeth. Really? See, I, I had floor seats. Baltimore uh, Arena. Just, just, yeah. 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 Clash of the Titans. I was yeah, at that dude, show. It was a great yeah. show. Oh, it was awesome. It was yeah. a I was there, fucking yeah. amazing yeah. show. And they figured out a way to get a little bit of moshing going on, even though it yep. was seated. Yeah. But, <laughs> Particularly during Slayer. Slayer. But yeah. honestly, yeah. that was the last time I was at a show that was like, okay, there's this many people. Here's where you're going to be. Yeah. I guess I saw Billy Joel like that. I can't remember. Well, you know, I think when I was dating my wife. Fucking Billy Joel. When I was dating my wife, I saw Tool in Atlantic City. I think that was the last time I was seated. Huh? Yeah. That had to be 2007. Yeah. Dan yeah. Danzig didn't have seats? No. There were seats, but. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, that show was A couple sold times out. saw Iron Maiden. <laughs> yeah. Sold out. Yeah. yeah. Iron Maiden uh, it was all seated because they're just so gigantic. Exactly. Well, I was yeah. long for. I couldn't afford seated. I, I had to see him with seats because I hadn't seen him for so many. Like, uh, I mean, I grew up, of course, listening to them since right. probably eighty. Was that was that right. the Merryweather show or was that Jiffy Lube? Uh, well, I think I saw him. I think at Jiffy Lube twice, or maybe it was one at each. Because the the Merryweather show, yeah. I showed up. 
to the gate and they told me I couldn't bring my wallet in because yeah, that was your a, fault. We it, missed, it we had missed a chain on it. Of that. Oh. <laughs> so I had to go back to the van and put my wallet in the van and then I came back and I got through the gate in time to hear Lemmy go, Thank you very much. We're motorhead. <laughs> well and, and I, I did Aww. see Maiden at, at one of their later tours where they're like, Oh, we're gonna play our albums for the last couple of years so it's yeah. just like that was yeah. not selling out yeah i got i got you know the the pit tickets for cheap so it was like you know yeah. being able to get up there and be close was was That's awesome cool. it's sure. like you know I'm, I'm but for something like that yeah see, seated is fine at that point Dude, that or, that know, merryweather show forward. that merryweather show was awesome because not only did i get to see dio before he died mm -hmm. But I got to see Motorhead for mm -hmm. a third or fourth or fifth time sure. bef right before he died. Mm -hmm. And then Maiden on top of it. Mm -hmm. And it was the Somewhere Back in Time tour. Mm -hmm. So it was all like classics. And wasn't the new, no. your, your two year experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not that that's bad stuff. Because, right, right. you know, Maiden's Maiden and Maiden's great. I mean, yeah, but that was back in like 2000. One or two thousand three. Oh yeah, or something, it was. Right? It was yeah. like I think it was oh three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a while ago. I think I might have caught that tour. Yeah, dude, it was amazing. It was simply amazing. Yeah, I remember seeing Motorhead and Dio open for somebody. But, but guess what? Nobody will ever see Maiden. Dio again. Nobody will ever see Motorhead again. Oh, they're gonna do holograms, dude. Well, <laughs> there, there's that. Too, yeah, there know. is that. Uh oh, oh, no. oh, oh lighting issue. A little ambience. Hey, we, we got some mood now. <laughs> they don't want to talk to us anymore. I'm sad. I saw Dio at uh, Painters oh. Mill Amphitheater. Nice. That was a great oh, yeah. show. Painters Mill. Jeez, yeah. that right wow. before it burned down. Yep. Yeah. You interviewed him there too, right? He wanted to do an interview because oh, yeah. that was he was sort of on the. It was yeah. just pre-grunge. Like, mm -hmm. I think it was Lock Up the Wolves was the album that came out. Yep. And Killer album. He was not selling very well. And he, I, I worked at the student radio station where I went to school. And he's like, oh, you do radio? You, you want to do an interview? And I'm like, well, I didn't bring any recording equipment. Yeah. He's like, well, here's my, you know, he gave me Wendy's cell phone number. He's like, here, this is my manager. You call her. I'll, I'll do an interview at any point in time. <laughs> Really cool, but yeah. nice. Very before, down to earth. That was evidently before email. <laughs> it, it was, and it was before email. Uh -huh. Yes, it was. Yeah, my PO yeah. box, and I think the cell phone was probably you know like yeah, this right. big. Yeah, yeah. I love Zach it. Morris cell phone. Yeah. We're we're all of that age. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's hit the next oh, question, John. I didn't know where John was. I was afraid to ask him to move forward. Well, he, he turned the lights down for the next week. Oh, so that, oh that, so that was on purpose? <laughs> this must be the sexy question. No, that's uh, Windows doing their updates without prompting for uh, approval. You are. <laughs> so Damn, I thought this was the sexy question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, yeah the, this is, it, you're absolutely right. This is the sexy question. Go ahead, guys. <laughs> so uh, this one, you know, again, probably personal preference. Since you're but, all standing. So yeah. we've established that. So this, this ties in pretty well. Would you rather stand in front of the stage of a general admission sold out show or stand in the back of the crowd at a sold out general admission show? Yeah, that's I mean, a, that's honestly a tough call. I mean, again, I, again, I, being a shorter man, <laughs> standing in the back often makes it real hard to see. So sometimes I go straight up front just because that's the only way I can see what's going on. Uh -huh. um, because there's always somebody in front of me and I'm like, peeking in the hole between people's shoulders huh. um but sometimes the sound is better in the back and yeah. if, you're, if you're in a venue that has kind of a, a an angle to it and you can get a little elevation in the back 
And it kind of depends. Like some bands, I want to be right up there in front. Absolutely. Um, and, and rocking out. And some bands, like I want to lay back and watch them play because yep. that's what I'm here for. So yep. like really, really kind of depends on the, on the venue and the band and the situation. I can really go either way with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, we had talked already that, that I'm, you know, tried, I like being up front, but you know, there, there are some bands where you don't necessarily need that you know, like instrumental ones. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, back in the back, you know, with the, with the sound guys, you know, by, by the booth is, you know, the primo spot. So, you know, so, some shows, yeah, you don't need to like make your way mm-hmm. all the way up the front, but generally usually still or be up closer. Glad you guys haven't given up the front because I'll, <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, no. I'll sell out age ruin on this one. They were all like, we're all going to stand in the back. And then Daniel was one, but like, maybe sometimes I'll get up there, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, they were like, I'm, Good, just chilling. Uh, you know, me and Timmy went and saw Old Man Danzig in Atlantic City just a few months ago when we were up front. Yeah, we were, yeah, we, we were about halfway. I feel like maybe we were holding each other back where, where we actually probably would have gone closer. We but. weren't all the way up front, <laughs> but we were. We, we talked ourselves into doing how long of a road trip, or it was longer for me, a road trip. Because yeah. it was like, when, when was the last time either one of us had driven that far to see a band? <laughs> College. The tough one is like when you mentioned bad religion and uh, overselling the place, when the place is totally oversold yep. and you get up front, you had a few pops and now you got to go to the bathroom. Right. Trying to muscle your way back up, somebody wants to kill. Becomes you. challenging because yeah, they're like, "I was just standing in front of you." <laughs> yeah. See, I don't, I don't drink, so I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm safe. Yeah. Some people use the pens. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, heard that. I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not sure I could. Get, I've, right. I will get there soon <laughs> enough. <laughs> I'm just not sure I'm ready for that. You're not at a show. Voluntarily <laughs> use no. the pens at a rock show. I don't show? think so. At, at a rock show. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, Richard Christie on the Howard Stern show. He, yes. he played drums for death. He talks yes, about that. Exactly. Uh, it's so gross. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. like, he's like, like drank four beers and any pit. He, Uses the depends. Yeah. I'm not there yet. Like, yeah. It's so. Oh, I yeah. swear I'm not there yet. <laughs> Me neither. I couldn't do that. All right, John. What we got next? Let's hit one more. Uh, so one you guys, more. I got to keep go down to the mix of Age of Ruin. So I'm just going to leave this screen up. If you guys, you have your questions for the next one, or I can pop it up real quick. You pop up real quick. Do the one about the uh, badass. I'm a badass. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Is that cool? We'll close on that one, and John. John a curve. Chirp, chirp. Hit him at the wrong chirp, time. Chirp, 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 chirp. <laughs> there we go. John, you were the man. Thank you, sir. All right. So <laughs> you're in that general admission crowd. Would you rather be next to the angry dude who wants to fight you over the space that you're standing in? Since Kevin brought that up. I know you're talking about the film more because that seems to happen a lot over there. And uh or would you rather be next to the dude who can't stop busting badass? Oh, so we, we, we probably are all the dude. <laughs> that's that's me. I, I am the dude. I'm, I'm pretty one? sure I'm both of them. Yeah. I mean, I saw, I saw Guns N' Roses at the oh, the Fillmore and Silver Spring, but it was Axel and Scabs, but. Yeah, it was still oh, like, geez. you know, <laughs> 10 rows scabs. back, so it was still awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and you know, there was some hey, just like go. massive dude who was like just pushing and shoving. I was just like, yeah, you know, knocking the fuck off. And <laughs> yeah. he was just kind of like, oh, just like some big drunk guy. So, yeah, I, if, if I if I need to, I'll get back him up. <laughs> uh, so you'd rather take the dude out than be next to the dude with the I, but, You know, we're going to like hardcore shows, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, elbows and, you know, you can be like three rows back and you're still going to get clocked. <laughs> I got COVID about three years ago now and I still can't smell farts. Oh, fully. You yeah. want to test that? You want to test that? You really want to test that? Do your worst. Um, but I have a, I have a story. I went to Chicago to see Monster Magnet. Um, oh my God. My ass. Shit, I don't know what year that was. I think it was right after my son was born. So it was probably about 20, 2013. And uh, Monster Magnet is not a moshing band. Like, it was a crowd of, of people our age right. like who wanted to just kind of groove on the music but there was one drunk dude who absolutely was determined to just like tear shit up yeah Yeah. and uh and i was standing there like with my wife kind of in front of me and he and he was heading straight for her and i think i think i kind of stopped him one time pushed him back and he came again and i turned around i don't even know how i did it but i managed to get my hand on his chest and just shoved and put him on the floor Mm -hmm. like his ass hit the ground and (laughs) and i was like done felt like, <laughs> felt like a badass for weeks after that <laughs> i went i went back to work i told my boss i was like listen i'm not taking shit from anyone ever again um but that then dangerous mind so like he he wobbled away and then his his woman came up and she was like three times his size it was like david and goliath and here she comes like raging screaming at me and she tried to throw a drink at me and again I'm not a tall guy. It went straight over my head and hit this, <laughs> hit this monster of a man in front of me. So he turns around and starts going back to like get at her. And I just kind of slipped around in front of him and enjoyed the show and just sort of like <laughs> let all of that bullshit happen behind me. Yeah, g- generally the the angry people at some point or another are not going to be there. For right. Them. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, so yeah, I don't know. I I think I'd still take the guy who can't stop busting ass. Cause I, don't, <laughs> I don't I don't want to fight. You're immune, and you have and immunity. Yeah, I've got the. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want the drama either. I mean, it's like if if you get hit the wrong way, and then you're out of work for months, right? You know, because of some injury and all that stuff. If somebody's got busting ass, I'll just get out of the way somehow. <laughs> shirt, 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 shirt. Exactly. shirt. Yeah. See, yeah. Um, at least hope they're loud enough I, you can laugh. I, <laughs> I can, I can deal with farts, but. If you're being an asshole, that's where I stop, you know? That's how I got by job. I, I worked at Autobar for years, uh-huh. like 10-plus years, Autobar in Baltimore. And the way I got my job is it was a mad ball show, and I was on the edge of the pit, and some dude was crowd killing, and he punched me in my face. I wasn't dancing. I wasn't on the floor. Some dude, like, straight up just, like, came across the pit and punched me in my face. I proceeded to go out on the floor, and I grabbed him by his throat. Next thing I know, one of the bouncers was picking me up like I'm a popsicle. And, (laughs) like, he just, like, lifted me four foot off the floor. And we go outside he puts me down. I said, I understand. I didn't mean to, but he punched me in the face. Yeah. I know I got to go. And other friends found the guy that punched me in the face and brought him outside. <laughs> and 
needless to say, he went about his way. You're being very political. I, I am. <laughs> I am. I'm so. I'm. I'm uh huh. I'm being polite about this. Yes, you are. He he went about his way. Uh huh. And I was told I was not allowed to come back into the show, which I understand. Uh huh. And then they told me I could go upstairs to calm down and have a drink. So I went upstairs. <laughs> And I'm having a beer, and next thing I know, the head of security comes up and says, hey, uh, we saw what happened. And I'm like, okay, where's my ban? And they're like, no, 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 no. Do you want a job? <laughs> and I said, yeah, sure. So I, I became a bouncer slash bar back at Auto Bar. So I got to say, you know what? If you're being an asshole, I'm going to fight you. That's that's all there is to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm yes, I'm fucking almost fifty. But if you're being an asshole, I'm still gonna fight you. So that's my take on it. Uh, uh, that is the most positive story I could ever. <laughs> I just growing up on in the job interview. Growing up in the yeah. punk rock and hardcore scene, yeah. you just you don't take shit. Right. And I'm not gonna start shit. Right. But I'll damn well finish it. Right. Right. I got you. You like I think. Probably the doom metal collective approach, like on the answers to that question, was very like you guys are like solid. I don't think that either that phased you, like any like either circumstance. Like there was no like, oh, that sounds horrible. We, we like farts and fights. Yeah. 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 Farts and fights. That's what we're all about. Like, I'm, I'm good to go. Like at our experiences, <laughs> right? Yeah. You're like that's all. <laughs> So, so as we're we're gonna wrap things up here, let's uh, share out where folks can find out. You know where you guys are playing, where they can check out the music. Absolutely, we uh, we're on all the social media and all of the streaming platforms. Uh, we're born of plagues. Uh, Timmy, what's our Instagram handle? It's, uh, born of plagues doom. We got underscores though, because in between the words, yeah, yeah we do. We do the computers. kids don't know how to underscore. Yeah, they'll, search it. they'll figure it out. Wait a minute, what's an underscore? <laughs> just, just use the search function, kids. Um, yeah, born of plagues. We're uh, the album's on Bandcamp. But it's also streaming. It's on Spotify. I listen to it on Pandora because I'm old. Mm-hmm. Um, everywhere, right? There's it's videos on, on iTunes. Yeah. We've yeah. got a we've got a YouTube channel. There's live videos, um, practice videos. Uh, we're we're fairly active for a bunch of old farts Look, on uh, link, on link Instagram. Link in Instagram bio. That's that's what the kids say. Yeah, yeah. Link in Instagram bio. Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. I don't think we're on TikTok yet. Our ne- no, no TikToks. Yeah. Our next show is March 11th. It's a Monday. We're doing a Metal Monday auto bar show in Baltimore right. City with our friends Bleak Shore. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then in June, we'll be at the Maryland Doom Fest in okay. Frederick, Maryland. Oh, yeah. nice. That, that, that means I don't have a long drive to go home. <laughs> <laughs> For once. Yeah. I'm I do. staying at your house. <laughs> we're, we're all crashing at Tim's. <laughs> Yeah, we, for we four days, Tim. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see Sirathungal. <laughs> throw a tent in the backyard. Awesome. Yeah, well, thanks, thanks for coming up. Thanks for coming up. Yeah, Especially after us. post-show. I yeah. didn't know you what guys. you were feeling. Like, yeah, nice and winding down. But yeah. I appreciate you. Now, great set. Yeah. 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 I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right. Awesome. And we're going to take a break on Stand Up and Shout Rock Show. Stand Up and Shout. Good job, John. All right. Good man.